The wait is over, my friends. The Book of Boba Fett is out right now on Disney+. Plus. You can check it out, you can watch it, and then you can listen to this review because it's going to be riddled with spoilers. Enough spoilers to fill the Sarlacc pit herself on Tatooine. And it was a great episode, a great kickstart to this new season of this new show in Star Wars. Uh, I was so happy uh, when I was watching it, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you guys. So welcome to Han Talks First. I'm the host, Han, and this is the podcast you're looking for. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. So I'm going to keep this brief, as brief as I can, because it is currently 1.12 in the morning, and I would like to get some sleep before tomorrow. I just put out my non-spoiler reaction as a short on YouTube and on social media. You can check that out if you want to, but if you're here, it really doesn't make any sense. But if you're if you're watching this video from the short announcement, uh, welcome to you guys. Uh, we do a podcast every week talking about Star Wars here on the show. And we recently covered Spider-Man No Way Home. We did a, non- a spoiler review for that. And we do a bunch of other content too, like Halo, etc. So whatever whatever I like, I do pretty much. Um, we usually do the show on Sundays, but now that the Book of Boba Fett is out, we will now be doing episodes every Wednesday until the show is to its completion. So if you're new and joining us now welcome you know you hopefully you could stick around and have fun in the conversations with the the chat and everybody like that um but if you don't if you're not a fan of it and uh you just clicked on this for a couple seconds and you decided to turn away there's nothing i can do about it <laughs> by the way for any of you that want a little extra hon talks first I did an episode about the top 10 crazy facts of Boba Fett that are very relevant right now to this show, and maybe you'd enjoy it. So if you want to, you can click right here on this video, or if you're listening on the podcast, just go back and check it out. I forget which episode number it is, but just search Han Talks first, crazy facts about Boba Fett. It's pretty cool, and I enjoy it. But anyway, so the book of Boba Fett. I didn't watch any promotional material for this. I watched the first trailer, I will say that. But then everything after that, TV spots, trailers two, three, and anything else that was following it, I didn't watch anything. I wanted to go into this completely blind and be totally blown away, and I was. You know, we've talked about on the show over and over how the hype build for the Book of Boba Fett was so grand, grander than that of The Mandalorian when it released. And we're going to compare the two a little bit later on in the show. But one thing Robert Rodriguez himself said, who is the executive producer of the show and director of the episode we'll be talking about today, one of the things he said in the promotion for The Book of Boba Fett was that it's going to exceed fans' expectations and it is going to blow our minds. Now, I will say there was nothing in this episode that blew my mind. However, it did exceed my expectations. And I went in with relatively low expectations because I didn't want to disappoint myself. And I kind of went in with the expectations that we're gonna, going to get a pilot similar to that of the first episode of The Mandalorian. That one was a little, you know, you could tell it was made by an amateur filmmaker in Dave Filoni, who has grown to become a much better director. But I was expecting something like that. Already, the show has started off way better than The Mandalorian started off. And it's not just because it's a 
reoccurring character, a legendary character, you know, an infamous Boba Fett that we've grown to love through the years, but it's, it's the way the story was told and we're going to break down everything about it. And I'll tell you a little bit why I think this show is going to be a really special television series for Star Wars fans. And we're going to kind of go in order here. So forgive me if I look at my phone because I just want to make sure we cover everything. So basically, this this show starts off with a bunch of flashbacks. Flashbacks of Boba Fett in his, his previous life before we come to know him in the Mandalorian series. And we're getting these flashbacks because Boba Fett is, of course, healing himself in a bathtub that we see him refer to later on in the show. But even before that, we start off with these beautiful, establishing moving shots of inside Jabba's palace and on Tatooine. And not only is it beautiful, but it's nostalgic of the times of Return of the Jedi. And it really like makes that inner Star Wars child just perk up with excitement because it's like, wow, this is all familiar. But it's not that kind of familiar where it was like fan service, like in Rogue One where they revisit old characters or in Mandalorian season two when they visited Tatooine and they went to all the same bars and places that they've been in A New Hope. This felt different. It felt like a brand new tone and it was a little bit darker too. It was like definitely felt like this is a dystopianized version of episode six from 1982. So, yeah, it starts off with that, and then it shows him in the bath, the pod, healing himself, which explains a lot because in the trailer, the first trailer, we noticed that Boba Fett looked to have healed himself a little bit more since we last saw him. And so he's having these these flashbacks, and we get to see things like Camino. They brought in prequel footage, which was fantastic. It was so good to see uh, Camino, but also the Geonosis Arena and him holding his father's helmet and it looks like we're going to finally fill in these holes for this character that we've been wanting to know for a long time and not just that but also the biggest question of them all the sarlacc pit everyone the biggest question for everybody when this show was announced and boba fett first came back was how the hell did this guy survive the sarlacc pit well now we saw it we saw it, and it was it was very well done. The entire prologue of this episode, which we feel, forgot forgot to mention, is called um, "Stranger in a Strange Land." Perfect title for a pilot. So it starts off with this silent prologue. There's no dialogue spoken, which I thought was a beautiful touch because we just get to live in this moment with Tamara, and it really helps his acting chops shine even more so too. And it was, I I thought it was done so well. It felt like an old time meat movie. You know, it felt like something from the early days of Hollywood, the the golden age of Hollywood. And I just loved how it flowed into where we currently are in the story. It gave us years of exposition and we'll, we'll break down every single bit of it too. Um, but basically the big point being that he was, he survived the Sarlacc pit and he was taken by the Tusken Raiders and his armor was taken by the Jawas. So nice touch makes sense in this world. It kind of clears the air on how he departed from his armor and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that I thought was great was when the Tusken Raiders found him and they kind of enslaved him. We got to see a little bit more of their culture 
because we see that they have this leader who's dressed in a different types of robes with some kind of charm necklace and things like that. And it seemed as if they were almost testing him and not enslaving him or imprisoning him, but testing his, his valor in, uh, if he is this famous bounty hunter, as they probably assume or know him to be, they probably want to test his, you know, his agility and see if he's, you know, could be of use to them in the future. And this kind of leads into the masterful fighter that we saw in the Mandalorian when he shows up and he starts kicking ass like it's nobody's business, right? Well, it seems to me that he trained with the Tusken Raiders to learn to fight this way. Because he already is a good gunsman. He's a good uh, sportsman when it comes to bounty hunting, right? No one can take that away from him. But now he's learning to fight a little differently without the help of his armor. And that's going to make him even more of a threat in the future. And so that's just a prediction of where it's going to go. I, I really don't, I don't know. I'm, I didn't write it. Shocking, I didn't write it. Um, but speaking of the people that did write it, really quick, I'm going to take an aside. Uh, it, it was written so well. It was definitely, you could tell it had touches of Robert Rodriguez. It had touches of John Favreau and of Dave Filoni because some of the, the creatures that were take place in this that showed up, such as at the, the hut, uh, the, those, I forget the name of them now, but it's like it was intentional that those creatures were picked probably by Dave Filoni. But the whole story aspect of it was designed by John Favreau. And the way it was tonally set up was done by Robert Rodriguez, who I thought did a fantastic job on this episode. And it shows his diversity as a filmmaker because it was such a different feeling than when Robert Rodriguez got his episode in The Mandalorian. You know, it was less less of a grounded, run-and-gun style filmmaking. And this one was more of... I wouldn't say noir, but, you know, going back to that silent era of film type of movie making or cult movie making, stuff like that, which Robert Rodriguez is known to do. So he's not alone, though, when he's being imprisoned by the Tuscan Raiders. He's obviously with somebody. And I can't remember the species name. So I'm going to refer to this guy as Squid Game because I cannot remember this guy's name. So frickin' Squid Game over here is being a little you know the word. And he rats him out when he's trying to help him escape. And he, he escapes and he offers to help the other dude escape. And then he's just like, what a piece of freaking squid game. So anyway, ruins his chances to escape. Right. But unfortunately that's not the last time we're going to see squid game. So, what are you going to do? Anyway, one thing I thought was interesting about that breakout scene was this emphasis on this little boy, this youngling, youngling Tuscan Raider, which l- tied back in later on in this episode. And it, it was an interesting aspect because it showed that, you know, not only does Boba Fett have a bunch of respect for the people he works with, such as Darth Vader, who has a very rich history with and his respect for him as well, but also towards younglings and how, you know, he, he could easily take out this youngling and escape and run away, but he chooses not to. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, yeah, he has a a guard dog with him, but there was something else about Boba Fett in the situation where he was alone with this young Tusken Raider boy that I found to be very interesting. And maybe we'll see tie in a little bit later too. 
And then from that point of the story, obviously, we're we're doing some parallel jumping in time. We're going back and forth and going back into the current era of time. It shows Fennec Shand finally popping up on screen, who um, a lot of us have, you know, are really happy she's in the show and think she's going to do great. You know, such a such a insane, badass character. And um, she's awesome. But it was good to see her. And then she welcomes Boba Fett back up. She's like, hey, people are here to make their offerings and tributes to you as the new leader of, you know, this crime syndicate. And he wakes up. And one of the things I really loved about this scene was him putting on his armor and the music behind it. The music was fantastic. Um, And also the credits music, too, is great, too. And um, one thing that's very interesting about the music is that it's not just done by Ludwig Göransson. Uh, there's actually another composer involved. Ludwig is doing the music for the the Book of Boba Fett, but there's actually someone else doing the scoring, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm sure it's a time issue. I'm sure Ludwig is very busy with tons of other projects and also The Mandalorian, which is probably the focus of his material. But the score is actually being done by somebody else. So at this point, I'm not sure who to credit the music to in this situation, but I thought it was fantastic. And I can't wait to see where the score goes for this. It's very different than The Mandalorian, and but it also still feels Star Wars, which I think is good too. So my theory about the amount of time that has passed between his arrival on Tatooine till now is maybe a couple months maybe one or two, because he obviously had time to buy a bath to pod, and he obviously had time to let a few people know that there is a new ruler in town and Bib Fortuna is gone. But we're at the point now where people are finally starting to come to his palace and offer their respects to him and pay tribute to him. And it was it was a nice scene. It was good to see. It reminded me a little bit of Emperor's New Groove, which is kind of not at all <laughs> relevant to this conversation. But uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention, of course, which was the mayor's um, surrogate that was there to pay tribute instead of the mayor himself. And there was a funny joke in there. Let me see if I can find what it was. Oh, yeah. When Oh, yeah. So when he he finishes, he's like, hey, but you must pay tribute to me, actually. And Boba was kind of like, eh, I'm not a really big fan of that. And Fennec responds with, I would not be surprised if we received another de- delegation soon. So... <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny, but whatever. And yeah, I thought him rescuing the the two, um, it starts with a G. I can't remember the damn names of the pigs. Uh, I'm going to call them Peppa, Peppa Pigs. So when he, when he decides to, you know, save their lives and uh, give them jobs instead of killing them or torturing them, uh, I thought that was a great touch. And now he has his own little posse when he rolls up into town which kind of affects his presence when showing up now as the new leader. And I thought that was a great entrance into the Moss Espa. And going into the casino area, I'm not sure if it's a casino, but some kind of bar. One thing that was amazing was the Cantina Band is alive and they are kicking well into their, what, 190s by now? And they got new material. They're cranking out the jizz, ladies and gentlemen, cranking out the jizz it sounds disturbing but that is what that music is called so <laughs> forgive me but um the scene was interesting it kind of it was kind of boba fett saying hey i'm the new sheriff in town you know 
you your businesses will thrive while I'm here. There won't be any issues unless you make an issue, pretty much, which was kind of what we got from the trailer as well. But then, of course, when he left, we saw somebody had hired a group of mercenaries to try and either kill or capture Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. And they injured him pretty bad. And he had to, of course, be rushed off to his home to go in the bathtub. And Fennec went to go capture one of them alive under Boba's orders. And one thing I really loved was when she had them both pinned in the corner and she was just like looking at the one guy and then decides to knock out the other guy over the ledge. That was great. Um, it was very, it was very Fennec Shand of her. And I love that. Um, but I'm interested to know who hired them because there's obviously a new, some other threat in town that wanted the throne that Bib withheld. And maybe they're going to try and fight Jabba for it. We'll have to wait and see. And the last thing about that uh, weird bar that they were in that I really liked was the line that Boba Fett gave where he was like, I prefer to walk on my own two feet. Again, this says a lot about Boba Fett. You know, it shows that he is a, you know, he, he demands a lot of respect and he, he will do what it takes to have that respect earned. He doesn't just want it given to him. He wants that respect earned. So I thought that was interesting too. And he's kind of just like a, you know, no craps given kind of guy, you know, it's like, no, I'm going to, I got feet. I'm going to walk. And then of course, jumping back in time to when he was still imprisoned by the Tuscan Raiders, we see that boy return and wake him and squid game up so they can go and they can fight or not fight. So they can go and they can hunt for, um, I'm not sure what they are, but they're like water pods. They're probably some kind of creature that collects water underground in the desert. And so they go out and they hunt that. And what was interesting was we saw some kind of robbery or hijacking of a hut on Tatooine, which I'm sure we'll explore more of because obviously they're introducing some kind of threat, some kind of gang, probably the one that Boba Fett will go on to be in charge of later on. And maybe this new perspective on life will have him adjust how they do things. So that was an interesting setup that I can't wait to see, but Probably the, the finale of this episode was when it leads them to digging in the sand and they dig up this creature and boom, the guy from Mortal Kombat came out of the sand. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was cool. It was a cool fight. I honestly have no idea what that creature is. It might be a new thing because I'm pretty, I'm pretty familiar with Tatooine. That is the one planet that I know most about and I'm most in love with. And I have no idea what that thing is for right now i'm just going to say it was a creature from mortal Kombat that got crossed in some kind of multiverse situation that happened during the events of loki but who knows so this happened he pretty much saves this little boy's life and he takes him back to the village with the head of this beast from mortal Kombat, and he earns the respect of the tuscan raiders and he's given the water and at this point now i think we're going to see him start to learn to fight the way of Tusken Raiders and start to earn their respect, become a member of their family, take their armor. And that's how we see him get to where he is in the Mandalorian, at least from a physical appearance point of view. But the best part about the giant Mortal Kombat beast was that he freaking killed Squid Game. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> that guy was so annoying to me. Not only did he rat out Boba Fett, but when he's digging in the water, he's finding like all the little water worm things the little water pods and every time he every time <laughs> every time he holds them up he's like luda wadamukta and I'm just, 
Man, I I want to punch Squid Game in the face so bad, but he's gone now. He's gone now. That Mortal Kombat killed him, so it's all good. Okay, we've been going for a couple minutes now, so I kind of want to wrap this up real quick. Uh, I do want to address something. Next week, uh, I'm going to be having a guest on the show. I was supposed to have him this week, and we're supposed to do all the Boba Fett episodes together which, of course, is Dean from Four-Legged Gamer. So we'll be doing that in the future. Maybe we'll have some other people on, but you can continue to see this coming out every Wednesday uh, in the morning or afternoon, depending on where what time zone you're in. But I can't wait for episode two. I'm more excited after watching this episode of Boba Fett than I was of watching The Mandalorian the first season, which, which is great. And again, it might just be because it's familiar territory, familiar faces... But I really don't think so. There's something different about this story that I love uh, tonally. And I'm also just a big fan of Robert Rodriguez. I think he has a great eye and a very different way of telling stories. But uh, the highlight, the best part about this episode was the prologue. The first, the first six minutes is amazing. It, it's some of the best Star Wars we've seen in the past couple of years. It was, it was done very well, and it addressed a bunch of questions that might even take like three or four more other videos to to discuss but anyway it was great i would love to know what you guys think i'm sorry this episode couldn't be live so i could chat with you in person but come back next week and we'll, we'll try and do it then hope you guys had a great holiday this is obviously the best christmas gift for all of us to enjoy and yeah Can't wait for next week. I respond to every comment, so go down below, tell me your thoughts, like this video, and guys, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.